Geekish Cast is a member of the Astro Panda Productions Network. Welcome back to Geekish Cast, the world heavyweight champion in geek talk on the internet. I'm your host, Jeremy, and joining me today from Scattered Comics is Jason Doobie. What's happening, Jason? Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, warm, but pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, it is so hot. I think it's over 102 right now. Uh, last, here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about 80 miles away from you, and we were 102 the last time I looked. So. Uh, it doesn't seem like the later it gets, it does the cooler it gets. It seems like it just kind of drags on for a while. Yep. You know, the sun goes down, it's still hot. <laughs> what, what irritates me most is 90 degree temperatures at 10 o'clock at night. That's that's when it makes that me the craziest. Is, yeah. That is the worst. I don't, and That's where you're like, what what's happening here? <laughs> My exactly. Happening and I don't know it. <laughs> yeah. This must be some punishment for some past sin or something. <laughs> so, Jason, you have a company called Scattered Comics that does, well, you know, let me preface this a little bit. Uh, last year and a few times since then, we've had Andrea Molinari of uh, The Shepherd on. Yes. And, awesome guy, awesome comic book. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've done a couple times now with people is talk to people who have written a comic but needed to hire an art team, and more than once, your company in your name has come up uh, also by Andrea but also by other people. So Scattered Comics... <laughs> Scattered Comics is what? Give us a quick rundown of what your company is. Well, um, I have two companies. So Scattered Comics would be the publishing end of it. That's where uh, I'm publishing titles and other uh, creator-owned projects um, are published through us. And um, then we've got Scattered Studios, which is where you were talking to uh, Andrea about. um, And we we actually create comic books for other people. So that's the that's the difference of the two different companies. So Scattered Studios, we make books for other people. Scattered Comics, the books that we make ourselves for ourselves. <laughs> okay, so I didn't realize there was a difference in the name. So Scattered Studios and Scattered Comics. Okay. Well, so what was what? Okay, let me ask you this then. So you must love comic books. I, I don't think I'm going too far afield by assuming that. Uh, comic books. What are those? No, okay, yes, I yeah. love them. <laughs> so what what was the first comic you remember absolutely falling in love with? Oh, uh, wow. Um, this is going to date me, too. But uh, I remember, uh, I think one of my very first comic books was picking up at the 7-Eleven store was uh, Contest of Champions, number one. Um, and I think right around that time, too, there's uh, an Avengers comic book where it had, they were trying to figure out who the new Avenger was going to be, and they had, like, the cover had, like, all the pictures of all these different heroes of the Marvel Universe, and one of them was Spider-Man, and, and I was like, oh, wouldn't that be cool Spider-Man became an Avenger? Um, so that's, that's probably the early 80s or... Yeah, and that sounds I, about right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, so that puts us in roughly the same age bracket, so I know exactly what you mean. Like if I okay. had to, if I had to tell you like which particular comic I first like really went for I, I wouldn't be able to do it, but I do remember very distinctly seeing like uh, Batman with Chris Knives on the cover and stuff in the late seventies, and that's always the stuff that first really popped my attention. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I couldn't give you as much detail as you did, but yeah, I mean we're within five years of each other, is my guess. Um, so, <laughs> nice. we, yeah. 
So when did you get into making your own comics? How did that come about? Um, if I had to pinpoint it, I, I guess uh, I was in fifth grade at a daycare center. And to pass the time, I came up with this little, like, mini flip comic book called uh, Captain Apple and the Food Team. So it was pretty cheesy <laughs> and pretty pretty innocent, as I was still pretty innocent myself. And, uh, yeah, it was about, the, about these superheroes, and they all uh, were made of different fruits and vegetables, and they went and battled uh, junk food. That's <laughs> actually a pretty awesome concept. <laughs> so, and... I would make them – they wouldn't actually be copies either. They would just be – I would, like, take a piece of paper and staple them together and uh, draw original artwork on them, and then I would go around the daycare and try and sell them for 35 cents a pop. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, gosh, I was really not thinking <laughs> smart on that. <laughs> well, but it does show they an art- copies and <laughs> Yeah, but it does show what? an entrepreneurial streak. Yeah, I guess uh, – yeah. Yeah, even though it's thirty-five cents, I, I guess I, if I could sell a couple of those, I could buy an actual comic book. So yeah, eventually, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of man hours, but yeah, you totally could. There must have so been was, something. Yeah, I think they were like sixty cents back then. That yeah, was... I was gonna say there must have been something. You must have come up with thirty-five cents specifically somehow. Yeah, there was. I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I thought a quarter was a lot of money, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna charge it more than a quarter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really rake in the money." <laughs> That's <laughs> I, awesome. I was young. <laughs> so did you did you stay with trying to self publish? I mean, like, was that something you did from childhood and on through your teen years, and or is it something you you know when you really? started? Mm-hmm. I, I think I did that for about a year or so, and then you know. I'd stopped doing that, but I just kind of, you know, kept drawing and doodling. I think I, oh, I got really into Robotech, the the cartoon, and I would just draw like, you know, fan art of Robotech and just that, that was just, you know, I passed the time with that way. And then as I got older, I think just before I got into high school, I started doing like these little um, horror anthology comic books. And um, that, that was probably the beginning of actually trying to do, some sort of a comic book series and, and making copies, Xerox copies, of course, at that time, and trying to sell them. But uh, that was probably the earliest of when I started doing that kind of thing. Right on. So you were into horror comics too. If you had to pick between superhero, yeah. if you had to pick between superhero and horror, which one gets you? Which one's really more your thing? Oh man, I hope this isn't like alienating your fans for me, but uh, <laughs> horror comics, I think, were I really was into the horror. Genre. I mean, I've always been into horror movies. Uh, you know, the Twilight Zones, uh, Tales of the Dark Side, and uh, I really like the, uh, the like the creep show type stuff, like the oh, yeah. comic book, where, you know, you have three at a time. Um, DC Comics did some stuff, too, like House of Mystery, and I think there was a House of something else, too, but uh, they did a couple of ones. They had, like, Cain and Abel and the, the three witches that would introduce it and stuff. And uh, so I was really, I really liked those kind of anthology books. I think... Um, Bruce Jones did a bunch of ones that were a little bit more mature and stuff, but kind of the same one. I think it was like Tales of Terror or something. That kind of stuff, that was, I loved that, those kind of books. And I think making my own horror comics, um, as, again, as amateurs as they were, that was kind of my way of doing something, trying to emulate these other books that I was fans of. And I never actually re- even realized that until now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then let me ask you, how – 
I'm trying to I'm trying to get how do we go from Jason Doobie uh, writing his own horror comics to Jason Doobie. At what point did you try to put together a professional thing? I mean, where? Okay. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. Where I'm. Um. Well, that's around the time I graduated um, and got into college. I started doing my own like like comic again, mm-hmm. uh, just the past time. Um, but then I realized that it's really hard to make money as far as a career and I really wanted to do something in the art field you know I didn't care what it was I I wanted to do I wanted to make money with my artwork somehow whether graphic art or or whatever and I was taking college courses to do that and then I realized that um, I I had people every once in a while asking me oh could you draw something for me or could you draw can you help me out on this book and you know I'll pay you a little bit of money and I, I started thinking you know, maybe this is a way for me to not only make some money, make a career, but also kind of help finance my, my own comic books. So um, there was a point where uh, I started, I would work my full-time job and then come home and then uh, work on some other people's books. And I just did that for a couple of years where I was building up a client base. And at one point um, I got to a point where I had a bunch of clients that were actually pretty well-paying clients and, my wife said, you know what, let's, you, why don't you take the chance on it and do this full time? And, I, you know, it wasn't because if, if it wasn't for her support in, in me doing it, I probably wouldn't have never started it. But, um, yeah, I took the plunge and uh, I was freaking out the whole time because, you know, I was, you know, you work your, your nine to five job and you have a, a steady paycheck coming in. When you start working for yourself, it's scary because you don't know when your next paycheck's coming in or you know, if you do get a client, you're just working fast to, you know, make, make get the work done so you can get that paycheck. But uh, it was really scary for the first year or so. And I I actually had to take a, a – at the end of the first year in the wintertime, I actually had to take a part-time uh, teaching job where I'd go into elementary schools and teach kids draw, uh, how to draw and drawing stuff just to make that extra money because they don't tell you this, but there are um, high points and low points in being a freelance artist and or seasons i should say and the winter season is the is the hard season so during this during the, the summertime and in the in the fast season when you're you're getting a lot more jobs you got to kind of be thinking ahead and scoring some money aside, putting some money aside for the for the winter seasons because i think what happens is uh people have you know christmas and you know everything else that they're thinking about and they're not thinking about you know financing a, a project a comic book project so well, here, okay, so so my my regular everyday job is uh, plumbing distribution sales, and I've okay. been doing I've been doing this for twenty years now, and I can tell you for us, about midway through December and all the way up until April sixteenth or May first is when we peter uh-huh. out, and it's because nobody's buying houses, and everybody's mm-hmm. paying their taxes, and the builders are all mm-hmm. pulling back and not putting the money into inventory, and I assume yeah. it's the same slump that you hit. That is exactly it. Um, it doesn't last quite as long, but um, it's somewhere around mid-February to March. It, it suddenly there's a there's a burst, and maybe it's because some people are getting their tax money or something mm-hmm. um, cool. that they're like, oh, you know what, I got that extra money. Maybe I could I can start financing that little project I've been thinking about now. So, um, yeah, that, but yeah, there's definitely a slump during that time period. It's, and, uh, I wasn't warned about that. I found out, like I said, I found out that hard, the hard way, but, uh, you learn pretty quick, you know, if you want to keep doing the, 
working for yourself, you, 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 you have to, your learning curve goes pretty quick and, and you learn to watch out for that stuff. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, it was scary. Like I said, that first year was really scary. So are you, um, are you publishing, let me see here. Are you publishing a book yourself these days? That was the question I was headed to there. Oh yeah. Um, so scatter comics is the, you know, our publishing company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I personally, I draw and write, uh, Panda Days and Scattered, which is a supernatural comic book. Go figure. After <laughs> talking about the, sure the horror comics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we actually have about 25 to 30 titles that we publish. Um, and this is from about four to five years ago. Uh, I decided to get serious about the publishing end of the, of the comic books instead of me just publishing, you know, my own books, which was, I was doing like about two or three books, but, uh, getting serious. Uh, we, I brought in a Noel Serrato who became my, uh, creative brand director. And, um, he helped bring in uh, other creator owned projects. So we're kind of following the image comics model where people that already have their own comic books that they're publishing and stuff, they, uh, they can submit them to scattered comics and we can bring them into our, umbrella company basically it's kind of like a co-op where we as a group we try and help each other out and you know kind of uh use our resources and pull together to get into like conventions and just help marketing and distributing and and doing everything that a self-publisher would do by themselves but we do it as a team more more like so um, so you're it, operating it, almost as an umbrella for other independent well independently published books that you can now publish under right. your banner, but they still have the autonomy like they would as being self-published. A absolutely. Um, we, we go through like the, we have like 10 steps of uh, bringing your book over. And basically the, they, they say, you know, we're not going to charge you any money for bringing your stuff over. We're not taking any of your creations or say we have any rights to your stuff. We're not going to take any money or funds. Um, what What's in it for us? You're, becoming a part of our group, our company and it, it's becoming bigger now and we look more established and we're taken more seriously. Um, and we throw our logo on your cover, uh, everything else. You're still in charge of your own stuff. You're, you know, you do what you want. We will just provide you with opportunities such as putting you in, in the stores that stores carry us, um, conventions. Sometimes we get free tables at conventions. Sometimes we have signing events. And we just present these opportunities to the creators and say, hey, you know, we've got this thing. Does anyone want to do it? And they have the right to say yes or no and and just jump on the opportunities that we give them. Um, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. You know, we're 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 all growing together, basically. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Scattered Studios a bit here. Um, sure. I'm gonna, I'm going to start with a what is going to seem like an obtuse question, but. Who are your clients at Scattered Studios? What what kind of people do you see coming in to getting to get comic books done, you know, made for them? That's that's actually um, that's a great question. Actually, I've actually never really thought of it. Um, I've been seeing for the last few years more very serious comic book uh, creators coming to the studio. They have ideas, but not just an idea for a book, but they have a they have a, a dream to really take it forward with other books and other and and uh, create a company of books. Um, and I've been seeing a lot more of that lately. Like a client will come in, um, 
and not just do like one book, but they'll say, I have three different books I want to do. Or um, they have they have one serious book series. You know, it's a pretty big series, and they want to shop it to big publishers. So when I first started, there were people that, you know, they, they would be more like how I started out, you know, just uh, kind of a self-publisher that, you know, you have these dreams, but, you know, you're you're serious, but you're not, you know, like I'm, I'm ready to – to invest everything into it um, kind of thing. But for the last four years, I would say, it, it seems like people are a lot more serious about it and really gung-ho. And it's it's really awesome to see that that motivation because, you know, I, I work on their books and I, I see them growing. I'm like, oh, this is motivation for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to work on mine. I want to do what they're doing. So kind of feed off their own energy at the same time. That's kind of cool. Because I was wondering, I mean, do you guys ever get, like, maybe a company that has, you know, they want a uh, promotional piece of material and they come to you? Or is it primarily just guys that are trying to, like, guys like Andre or even myself, I have an idea for a comic and, you know, now I need people to help me do it. Do you ever see? Andre is a great example of the kind of, the kind of uh, people that and clients that are coming in. You know, they, they have this, they have a passion and dream project and, you know, they would love, you know, they don't know where it's going to go, but they, they, you know, they, they love, they're in love with what they, what they have. So, you know, they are having it created and then they're going to shop it to, you know, the publishers and, and, you know, just get it out there. But that's, that's pretty much their, that's the kind of people that are coming in. They're a lot more serious and, and they believe in their projects and stuff. And it's, it's awesome. Well, that does sound pretty cool. So let's go through kind of the steps here, and we're just going to pretend I have an idea for a superhero team book, and I have, we'll just say, I have a 10-page outline of a series of books that I want to do, and I call you up, uh, Jason or whoever. Yeah. Is it, who, yeah. who do I call? Do I call a salesman? Who was who my first point of contact? Um, everyone, well, usually, I, if I get a phone call, it's after an email, but usually I'll get the email, initial email, asking about prices and um you know, saying, "Oh, I got, I got this book project," and kind of get the idea of how much is it going to cost them, and and what the turnaround is. And I usually, I, I'm the, I'm, I'm the manager of the studio, so everyone actually just deals with me. They don't have, they don't have to actually talk to the artist or the colorist. Um, when you come to the studio, you actually can choose your own artist and your own color, so you create your own creative team. And then once it's put together, I'll be basically the guy that's making sure the project's on ta- on track and, and on task. So it takes – it kind of – the clients kind of get to relax a little bit more and not worry about having to deal with the the, the creative side of it and or the creative team, I should say. They, they still have to be creative because um, as we do the steps, uh, the, the, pr- the production, the process of creating your comic book, you're going to be there as part of every step. We have the thumbnail stage the pencil stage, the ink stage, the coloring stage, and then the lettering stage. And each stage has to be approved by you. So you're, you're full on because, I mean, obviously we're trying to create your work. So we got to make sure you're happy and satisfied every step of the way. And it kind of seems like, wow, that's a lot of steps, but we don't want to, we're trying to, to do it in a way that you're going to be happy and that we're going to save ourselves from having to redo something because, we didn't check with you first to make sure it was something that you wanted us to do. Like we're not going to ink something until we know for sure you're completely satisfied with the pencils because we don't want to redraw it. <laughs> so um, 
so yeah, you're you're part of it every every step of the way, and um, and, and we always want to make sure that you're part of the process. But at the same time, you don't have to actually. And, and it's kind of a, kind of a mixed bag. I do have clients that want to be directly in touch with the artist and the colors, but um, the whole reason a lot of the artists and the colors come to the studio is because they just want to do what they love and not have to worry about dealing with a client. That's, it sounds weird, but um, it just lets them concentrate on what they're doing, I guess, more. And so I get the. I guess I get to do the business end of it, which isn't which isn't always fun for for artists. <laughs> well, I was going to say again, I'm going to I'm going to draw a straight line between two things that don't actually have a straight line, but <clears throat> a lot of my customers have a business where they employ service plumbers, who are people that would come to your house and fix a leaky mm-hmm. faucet or whatever. Well, okay. but usually those guys are technicians. They come in, they see a problem. And they attack it and they fix it. But you know what they suck at is talking to people. <laughs> you know, okay. they can't they exactly. can't ex- no. they can't explain to the customer, hey, here's what needs to be done. Um, they they don't. Well, and here's something you probably run into as well. Artists don't make good salespeople necessarily either. So you know, you may be able to go, hey, you know, here's something we were thinking we could do, or blah blah blah, that you as the owner of the company may want to address. You leave it up to, the, yeah. to an artist, it's not going to come up. You leave it up to a technician plumber, it's not going to come up. So Yeah. I, no, I wonder, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of conventions, and the a lot of the artists, I always talk, try and talk to the artists that are at the conventions, at the tables and stuff. And um, I used to have a comic book creators group out here in Sacramento, and we meet every week. And, uh, so, and we would prep for conventions, and we would always say you need to always say hello to the people as they walk by. You need to be engaging. But a lot of artists, it's just like what you're saying, um, a lot of artists don't really have the, I guess, the love for talking to people. Or I, I, mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it does take kind of a salesman kind of, you know, uh, aspect. And a lot of artists just want to do what they love, which is drawing or coloring or painting, and they don't want to be – they kind of just want to do their thing and, and have it sell themselves. And unfortunately that, you know, especially at conventions, you kind of have to be, have a sales yeah. mentality. Well, and I think, be, I, th- you know. I think cause it, it'd be real easy to make it sound like it's a failing on an artist part that they don't push for a sale. But I think artistic people want their work to do the work that, Hey, that's an amazing painting. I have to have it. Hey, that comic looks outstanding. Right. They, right. you know, they kind of want to get back to doing their thing. They're like, man, I got a script right. to write or a book to draw or a you know, painting to finish here. I don't have time to handhold you and explain to you why you should check out my stuff. Don't you like right. the way it looks? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's for them, it's they're looking at it one way, and then guys like you and me who see things from a little more business side, we're like, you know, put some sizzle on that steak, man. Get out there. Push right. it. Tell them, you know. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm I'm really good friends with this artist, Gordon Martinsoul, and he's an awesome, amazing artist. And his art does really sell itself. But he's a hustler too. You know, you walk up to his table, and he's on You know, boom. Hey, how's it going? This is this is my new print. Uh, you know, you can buy two of these prints and and get one free, or you know, you can hire have me do a live commission for you. And, and I mean, he's on it. He's saying all that stuff before you even know what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. But but he, he you know he but he is also another one of those artists that is such an amazing artist. It does sell itself, but he doesn't rely on that. So um, I think you're right. You know, it's it, it's it's hard because 
you know, not everyone has that business mentality, but, you know, being an artist, you just kind of want to, you just want to, um, you want to do art. Yeah. You want to do yeah. art. You don't want to mess around with the rest of that stuff. Other people can worry I, about I, that. I, I totally understand that too. I, I, I love being at a convention. If it's slow, I'll, I'll bring something out and I'll just start, you know, doodling or drawing and, and then sometimes I get lost in it, and I'm just enjoying doing the art, and I forget, uh-oh, it's starting to get busy around me. I'm supposed to be talking to these people. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, oh, man, I want to keep drawing. So, you know, being an artist, too, I understand that. But, yeah, you kind of have to hustle, and especially at the show. So well, it's, that's what I do for the artists in the studio. I hustle for them. No, that's, I mean, that that's actually a bigger service than most people really realize. You you know, you need somebody out there. Well, I've got a saying. I always say nothing happens till something gets sold. And you can't sell something unless you're shaking hands or buying somebody a drink or slapping them on the back or making a promise right. or a commitment, you know. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, totally. that's just the way I look at things. But I swear every field that I've ever been involved in, that seems to be the case, whether it's artistic or, or you know, non-creative, just simply move, shipping boxes around the country, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I was at this uh, convention last weekend, uh, the Sinister Creature Show, and I remember I actually there was a point when I'm I'm giving my my sales pitch, and I had two two deals at that show. So every person that walked up, I gave them two sales pitches at you know kind of at once. And it, there was one point where I just heard myself saying it to them, and I was like, "Sorry, I, I with all the sales pitch on you because it just sounded like I'm just bombarding them with all this. Hey, you can buy this and buy this and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Okay. <laughs> and they're just like, they're like, you know, they're kind of stunned and a little bit dizzy of like, wow, what? what? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, here, just check things out. <laughs> Let yeah. me you gotta quit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you gotta hustle, but sometimes, you know, you like realize, like I was realizing that show, man, I'm just hustling too much right now. I need to, I need to chill out for a second here <laughs> and yeah. catch my breath. There is a balance that you need to shoot for too. <laughs> there is a balance. Yeah. It's I, I found that it's it's better to just have one thing that you focus on per show. So if you have like one new book or something, just focus on that and just someone walks by like, Hey, how's it going? Have you seen the new book? Boom, you're done. You know, and then if they're interested, then you can kinda of give them the little what it's about kind of thing. But um yeah, you don't want to just keep blowing them away with sales pictures. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's happening. disorient them immediately. Yeah, and yeah. it's like confusing, kind of like um, like uh, just just look at the art, just just check it out. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna calm down for a second. <laughs> I'm gonna rethink how I'm gonna do how I'm gonna be talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. So if somebody somebody comes to you now, they've got they've got their team put together, and when you do that, do you when you put a team together, is it? It's already these these guys work together. Here's your penciler, your inker, your letterer, and your colorist. The this is the team. So you have a choice between teams, or is it literally all the cart? And somebody's like, I want that inker working with that penciler, with that letterer, with that colorist. How does that go? Yeah, um, it it's it's pretty much all the cart except for the so you choose your artist, which will do the pencils and the inks. We don't have a, a separation between pencilers and inkers. Um, so you'll choose your artist, um, then the next one, the next tab over on the website is choose your colorist. And um, we have a couple of different letters that will do the letters, so you get to, to choose that as well. Um, or if you don't have a preference, then, we, you know, I can choose someone for you or I'll do it myself. 
Um, but that, that's basically it. So you have your creative team. And of course, before anything starts, I contact the team, make sure they're okay with the project that's coming. Like sometimes they have other projects and they're, they're good to know that they won't take on too many projects at a time. So if there, if there's a new one that someone wants them to do and they're already working on like two different books, they're not going to, they're going to say, well, you know, I'm in the middle of some things, you know, can we wait, you know, a month or so? And then I'll go back to the client and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to wait. And they'll pick someone else. So that's fine. So um, because you'd rather have have that knowledge for, you know, at the beginning than, you know, get into it. And then the client's like going, dude, it's been like two weeks. I haven't seen a thing. What's happening? I'm like, uh, let me find out what's going on. <laughs> so it's better to get all that out of the way first before, you know, we start on the project. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how it works. You make your creative team, and then we get we get started. Um, we do have some non-disclosure agreements and some generic contracts and stuff on hand. Uh, if that's something that you feel more comfortable about, because some people, you know, are more leery than others about um, people about their ideas getting taken, which you know is fine. That's why we have them, so we we can have those things signed before the project actually gets started, and the artist actually starts drawing anything. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And then, um, you know, you go through the process, like I was telling you earlier, with the thumbnails, the pencils, inks, colors, the letters. And then at the point where it's ready for, for printing, um, I can walk you through different things of, of a, if you don't have that idea already of different printers that you can use um, or how you're going to pitch it to uh, other publishers. Uh, in the case of Andrew Mar Andrea, he he took his Shepherd stuff, and he had he already had a list of publishers before the book was even all you know, before we were even done. So he was way ahead of the game. Right. But um, yeah, he 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 was a hustler on that book too, because I know he pitched to a couple couple of different places, but he he didn't take no for an answer. And you know, it's it's, it's such an amazing series that he did that you know, I was not surprised at all when Caliber picked it up. So. Yeah, and if I remember, oh god, I can't remember if it was him or if it was Josh Henneman who does the uh, uh, Bigfoot Sword of the Earthman. But one of them had their book done, mm -hmm. and then started going to publishers. And I think what they were told—well, so let me take both their names off of it because I can't remember who it was specifically. But they were told if you had a different letter, I'd buy this book in a minute. So they they went okay. okay and turned it around, went back, re got the book relettered and sent it back in. Right. And it got picked up. Yeah, I think that was uh, actually I think it was and Andrea's book. I'm um, not 100 percent sure, but it might have been. I think it was too, had, but I can't remember for sure. I I know that one publisher. Yeah, they they were saying you know we like everything except for this, and if you you know we'll help you tweak that if 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 you're still interested and yeah, he had, you know, he did whatever. <laughs> I think it wasn't a big deal. It was just, you know, some tweaking and that was it. And that was, that was all that they said that they wanted done for in order to, to move forward. And, and so he had that done and yeah. And look at it now, but yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, I He's he's a very he's a one of our success stories from the studio, so we we love talking about him. <laughs> oh no, absolutely, and he's I mean, I've talked to him a handful of times. I've recorded two or three episodes with him, and then I you know we've stayed friendly outside of the show and just kind of talk here and there. He sings your guys' praises. 
I mean, absolutely, he does. Oh, he is one of your best. Awesome. He is one of your best pitch man right now. I would say just from oh, talking to him. Well, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah no, he's an amazing, amazing guy. Um, well, so yeah, he's, so now he let's just. Be, I mean, we just talk normally, and it was just you know yeah. he would talk. To, he would call me up, talk about the comic, but then you know we would just talk about life. You know, yeah. talking about life, and it's it great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so now, so somebody's come to you, they've got their idea, they've put their team together, their book's done, they've written you a check. But they're like, oh, I hadn't really thought about how to get it out. Will you publish pretty much any book that gets, well, let me, let me phrase this differently. If a book is done by one of your teams, do you consider it usually to be of publishable quality at that point? Yes. Um, there's been actually a few examples where it started at my studio as a client having a book done and then ending up actually being published under scattered comics, the publishing, the publishing side. And that was basically them saying, would you be interested in publishing it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Especially one that I remember one of them was uh, called Inky and his magic eraser, which was something that I drew. So I was like, of course, <laughs> it's a no brainer for me, you know, my with my artwork on it, it, it kind of makes sense that it would fit in that company anyway. So, yeah, of course, and uh, yeah. So, uh, and I think the other one was Blank, um, which was a it's a like a more science fiction noir comic, which is really cool, and that came over as well. But yeah, um, the quality of the of the books in in the studio, or we, we do them. You know, as a publisher, I already know what it needs to look like as far as, or what quality it needs to be in order for it to be, you know, a professional book. So everything that we do is in that level. I wouldn't actually know how to do it any other way. Yeah. And that's why I was trying to be careful about how I worded that. I was just wondering if you, you know, as you're going through, you hold your guys to a standard and it sounds like you do. And mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear that. I've seen your work, you know? Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and I've bumped into, you know, I'm going to get his name wrong again. I'm, I'm actually going to fit it. The, forget it. The guy who does Caliber. Um, <laughs> ah, Shane. Shane, Shane that's well, it. Yes. Yeah. So I've seen his books. I'm pretty happy with those. And, I, of course, I've had Melissa McCommon on my show as well. And she's yeah. a hell of an artist. She really is. Oh, she, she's, yeah, she, I, I think I met her, oh, yeah, a long time ago, probably almost 10 years now. But I have. I met her at a, a charity event that we were doing um, where we would draw. It's called Drawing for Toys, and it was uh, during Christmas time, and artists would come in and just volunteer some time and do some artwork, and then we'd try and auction off the artwork. And I remember seeing her for one of the first times, and I loved her work, and I, I think I ended up buying her the piece that she had there, which was like a little fairy or something. But even back then, you know, as an artist, you evolved as the years go on and, you know, strengthen and hone your skills. But even back then it was, it was incredible. Now she's just, oh, wow. Her, her work is just insanely cool. It's, I'm just like, wow, look at this stuff <laughs> with her colors and everything are all popping off the page. And, oh yeah. Her, her marker work is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and of course, you know, because you and I actually are in such close proximity to each other, I'm sure we have 10 million other people we've bumped into it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'll have to check, check your Facebook page and yeah. like, uh, oh, 
you guys have 200 mutual friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a certain amount of that in there. Um, we are starting yeah. to run down on time, so let me ask you this. Last okay. year, last year was the, sure. if nothing changed from the time I heard the statistic, it was the best year for comic book sales since 1997. Um, so you are actually in a pretty good period for getting out there and selling books. There are, there are more, let me see how to phrase this in a way where I don't upset anybody. There are more conventions, (laughs) there are more conventions in every market now than Irish people have kids. Um, <laughs> I was just talking about that this weekend. <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you what, I'm getting a little worried because I think we're getting way oversaturated and there's going to have to be some consolidation, but I don't know what that's going to look like or how it's going to work. But Yeah, no, it, that's you're not the only one worried and talking about that um, it, because it seems like every convention – in fact, there's two going on this, this weekend um, – every convention, every weekend, there's like two or three things that are going on, and – if they're too close to each other, they start competing with each other, and you're pulling away people from each of the shows. So, you know, it's 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 a hard thing. And um, I was talking to one I can't remember who, but they were um, they they were also doing a convention, and they're talking about how you need to really do your homework when you do a convention and try and find out what else is going on during that same weekend or time you're going to do the event. But a lot of a lot of new shows that are popping up or I don't know, maybe even old shows, they don't really care and Yeah, they just run throw it out there. But yeah. But you're right. It's so it's so oversaturated right now. I don't think there's any hope but not to overlap. There's just too many. Um and I don't want like you're <laughs> I'm sure you're you're achieving your words. I'm I'm trying to do the same thing because I don't want to upset anybody, you know, that you know, does a show and they're like, well, I want to do a show. So what am I supposed to do? I I don't know what, what's going to happen, but you know, just like any kind of bubble, you know, it eventually will pop at some point. Um, And now I I don't know whether it's better for a independent artist or comes with creator or worse um, to have so many shows either because there are more opportunities to do shows because there's so many, but at the same time, you kind of start seeing the same people, and if you're not don't have new stuff at each of those shows, you see your you know the same people, then the, you're not really are going to be able to make any kind of sales because they already have. But you know, you know what you we have your book from last time. Yeah, well, well but I kind of what I kind of compare it to is the old day, old days of pro wrestling when you know Harley Race okay. or, or Harley Race or Ric Flair was the world champion, right? And mm-hmm. you knew maybe once a year the world champion was going to come through, but that's that's the only time you're going to see him. Okay. And, and then yeah. as as they start to consolidate it, and then you start seeing that big name all the time. Well, who cares? Right. I, he was here last weekend. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know it's it's I I don't want to say that like I'm not saying that about the artists working here because it's not them. They you know they go to this thing they sell their prints man they leave the garbage bag stuff full of 10 and 20 dollar bills of course they're going to go i mean who wouldn't go but right. you know you do have to start going you know guys maybe maybe only do 5 a year instead of 35 you know or right. go to southern california and western nevada instead of just doing every single one here in the central valley in the east bay or you know whatever it is like i said no right i mean this year just for me personally i I've, I've cut back on my convention shows because i wanted to focus on putting out more books instead of because when you're at the show you can't really be working on your book um mm-hmm. or some people can but i i i have trouble doing that um because i'm 
too busy <laughs> giving everybody a sales pitch. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm focused on that, and I can't really work on a book. But um, I want to kind of trim trim down my conventions this year and, and do uh, just do try and put out more books this year. But, yeah. you know. Well, that's uh, kind of like that's kind of what I'm doing too. Is that like last year there were a few shows that I paid to get a table. I'm not selling anything, so for me to pay to get a table, it's actually kind of a pain, you know. So there are a few that are like, oh, there's guests. That is that, a pain. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, just, you, you get you're not selling it. You're just uh, advertising, kind of. Yep. Just ad, just just doing it promotional. Usually, what it is okay. is like say like ModestoCon last year. Sam Jones, uh-huh. who played Flash Gordon, was there, and I'm that's like my favorite movie. Flash Gordon, and I'm like, there's okay. no way, there's no way I'm not meeting Flash Gordon. There's just, I don't care what it costs, I'm doing it, you know, period. <laughs> but then, then the year starts to go on, and now people see me there, so they like hit me up, like, hey, you know, you want a table, 150 bucks? I'm like, no, but if you give me a table, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll do promotional right. work for you or whatever. So it's that same thing. This year rolled around, a couple of people are like, hey, come do this, hey, come do that, and I'm like. No, no, that's okay. Thanks, anyways. Though <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, that is that is hard. I, I, that would be really hard because you're basically, I mean, promotions are your sales down the road. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, gonna make money down the road, but it is hard to fork over the money now so that they're you know for those future sales. That that that's that's rough because yeah. a lot of times you know a lot of artists determine their success at a convention by, did I make my table back? You know, yep. that's, if you did that, then okay, you're doing all right. You know, that's kind of like the first tier. And then of course the next is, did I make my hotel back? Did I make my, <laughs> and then to the yeah. point where, you know, well, then it starts to circle out. Money. Yeah. It starts to circle out from there. And see, also my right. son, my son is a, just an amazing artist. He's also taught. He does pen and ink and, yeah, watercolors and acrylics, and it just—it's kind of nauseating. You kind of like want to slap them down sometimes. You're just like, I hate people who are talented, don't have to work for anything. <laughs> you know, I'd love to see his work. Yeah, Are you interested in doing it professionally, or? Oh yeah, that's that's his thing. You know, that's that's what he wants to do is do this professionally. So I got him started a couple of years ago doing some of the local conventions. Okay, but, great. But he does, you know, he gets really in his head. And does he's like. He's got this long, winding space opera he's been working on for like five years. And he's got albums that support it. It's still images, stories on DeviantArt that back it up. And so he'll wow. set up his whole he'll set up his whole table with just this artwork. And I'm talking, it's you know, it, it, it's like Pink Floyd level stuff, you know. And then I'm uh-huh. like, dude, you better paint Captain America or something to get people over here so you can at least lay your lay your spiel on them, you know. But he's one of those guys that. You know, he's he's going about it his own way. And for him, when he makes table, he's done. He's like, I'm cool. He's like, I made my money back. I got to show my artwork. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm set. You know, I got anything right. else I don't care about. He sounds a lot like me. That's, yeah. that's kind of my mentality, too. Yeah, so and um, that's, that's kind of his his goal is to pay for the table, and everything else was just getting his work in front of people's eyeballs. That And that's, pretty, that's a very rewarding thing because not only are you paying the table, but all the people that, you know, help get that money you know they're new fans of your work and it's solely your work you know so it's it's like the long it's like the long game you know with when you do uh when you you do your own comic books your own characters and stuff is you know you might not you might not make a big wad of money right away i mean maybe you will but 
um, chances are, you know, being independent, you you don't make you don't have as much uh, many fans, you know, right away. But the slow it's like a slow burn, you know. Every convention, you make some more fans. The word of mouth comes out, and then pretty soon your fan base grows to a point where when you put out a new book and you hit that convention, then it's like, boom, you know, a bunch of people want it, you know, right away, and you're seeing that. But um, but it's very rewarding that no matter what, if you have some people that buy your work, you're like, wow, they bought my work. They're, you know, potentially new fans now of my work. So it's it's really rewarding, I think, too. Oh, absolutely. Way. And, you know, like I'll, I'll compare it to doing like the podcast. This was started as a total fluke. Um, uh, for, the Force Awakens came out, right? And okay. my, my wife and her sister are both writers, and they were talking about starting a writing podcast. So we had just bought them microphones and started, started looking at setting stuff up, right? So The Force Awakens comes <laughs> out, and I turned into a five-year-old. And I'm like, and then and then Kylo Ren stabbed Han Solo, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> and, and she looks at me, and she goes, you know, maybe you should – Maybe you should start a podcast where you can just talk about all this, you know, nerdy shit you're into. And so she's like, yeah, go she was your own podcast. Basically, basically, she was like, go talk to the internet, please, <laughs> leave me alone. So hey, so, new Battlefront coming out. Did you see that yet? Uh, you know, my, yeah, my feelings are still a little bit hurt over that last one. The new one looks oh, the amazing. First one? Yeah. I know. Well, was there like, was a lot. It was a lot of hype and not a yep. lot of reward. On and I and I bought all the bells and whistles, so it was like ninety bucks or eighty bucks oh. when I got it. And yeah, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. But you know, first I have to sulk a little bit. You know. At least it got the droids in there this time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, it's, and they got I'm story modes. Forward to shoot down some droids. <laughs> yeah, they got story modes and stuff in there that are gonna be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the I same they, problem. Like, I, I, was, I think they heard all the complaints. They're like, yeah, we better do something or we're not going to make it. It's not going to make it our, yeah. our, the money next time. Well, you know, in Friday the 13th, the game, I think, is having the same problem. They didn't have a, a one-player mode, and people are kind of like, well, that's great for the first week or two, you know, when everybody's still logged in. But, you know, after that, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know they had a Friday the 13th new, uh, game. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's one player comes in as Jason, everybody else is a camp counselor. I mean, the concept behind it's great. <laughs> but, you oh, know, some wow. of the execution was a little sloppy. But, yeah. That's I mean, hilarious. Oh, yeah. I'll it's, have to it's, check it's, that out. Yeah, I do, because, What's I mean, it it's. Uh, you can get it on Steam. It's definitely on PS4. I think it's out for Xbox now, but I don't think okay. it came out the same night as everybody else. But,. If you're into if you're into like run and gun kind of games, it's a lot of fun. But I wish they had come out with a story mode because first off, like I loved Red Dead Redemption, one of my favorite games of all time, right? And so so I get bored one time and I go, oh screw it, I'm gonna go ahead and go play the multi the multiplayer version, right? And man, I've never heard so many 13 year olds with that foul of mouth in my lifetime. And I'm not a, I'm not a prude, but man, I, I I get tired of high squeaky voices calling me an mf'er all the time, you know? Oh man, I, so I, I try to I, I try not to play online too much just mm-hmm. because I keep hearing like all these little kids, like little like they sound like little kids, and they're all like, 
you suck. You're yep. so good at this game. Why are you playing? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, not only am I losing to them, but they're like mocking and taunting me. I'm like, yep. Oh man, I feel horrible. I'm gonna go back to normal game. Yep. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm getting offline here. I'm getting my. Oh yeah. I'm getting berated here. <laughs> That's why I quit playing Street Fighter Four. I actually had one kid who kept like shit talking me over the over the speakers. So I turned the sound <laughs> off. Then he starts messaging me, and I'm just like, dude, no, this, no, I'm not going through this because he's just, and it was that same thing. He's just like, you suck, bro. Why do you even play this game? You should go kill yourself. It's like, no, nope, no more Street Fighter for me. That's it. Can't do this anymore. <laughs> My six-year-old was playing some, uh, I think it was Minecraft or something, and uh, he called me a noob because I didn't know something, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> at that the moment when I was like, oh, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah, really is. Uh, Jason, so um, let's do this real quick. If people, Well, first off, it was a lot of fun talking to you. I would like to leave an invite out there for you to come back on because I have a feeling sure, you and I can fill time. a three-hour show without a problem. Um, yeah, I can tell. We can yeah. just ramble on for days. Exactly. Uh, so where can people find out more about Scattered Comics and its titles that you are publishing? Sure. Um, that's the easy one. It's uh, scatteredcomics.com. And if on the homepage, when you, when you get on that, if you're into the social media stuff, which most people are, um, you'll see right on the right on the top there uh, all the places they can follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. And there's little icons you just click on that, and you can you know follow us on any of those if you prefer. Um, and then for the studio, it's scatteredcomicsstudio.studios.com. And uh, that's for uh, if somebody is interested in ha- having one of our artists um, do their comic book or have us put together their project fantastic um and people can find all your so well just go ahead and throw out your social media out there as well i don't know if you're on facebook and twitter and all that but if if you know them off the top of your head why don't you go ahead and lay those on us too? uh let me try here uh okay. so facebook is uh that's not my facebook hold on sorry <laughs> whose facebook is this <laughs> uh facebook.com slash jason dot comic guy is my Facebook, and then um, on all the other ones like uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram, they're all uh, scattered comics. If so, if you go on any of those and put scattered comics, I, I'm not sure if it's Twitter at scattered comics or scattered comics at Twitter or, or how, it, but scattered comics is the name on all those other social medias. Let's see. I, I think I follow you on Twitter, so I could probably find it real quick if I tried. This is good. This is good radio right here, me searching uh, Twitter. I know. <laughs> me going, uh, oh, that's not the link. Uh, yeah. hmm, let's see. Uh, but oh, yeah, it's, if you, if you are quite literally, comics, yeah, you are quite literally at Scattered Comics. So you are super but, easy to find. There you are. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah. And, and like I said, if you just go to scatterdcomics.com, um, it has all the all the links to all the other all the places, so you don't have to search around. But it sounds like it's easy to search too. So yeah, no, you should way. be you're pretty findable. And I just went and sent you a friend invite on Facebook too. All right, I so. will. Be your friend. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, hey, Jason, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I do want to, anytime you have something to promote, talk about, or just feel like BS and let me know, we'll do this again. It's been a blast. Um, let me, can I throw one one plug in? 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, two of my creators, they both have Kickstarters on. If you go to scattercomics.com and look on the sidebar, you'll see links to their both their Kickstarter. Um, but one is Dog of the Dead, which uh, if you are a fan of zombies and pet movies, then you're going to love that. And that's by Eli Beard. And uh, also we have James Burton, and he's got a Kickstarter for his comic Damage Inc. Incorporated. And uh, it actually crosses over with a Shadowhunters comic, which is a book that I do. So um, in both those Kickstarters, you can find them on scattercomics.com on the sidebar and click right over and help support indie comics and help them out. That's awesome. Um, And I will definitely put those links in the show notes for this episode as well. Uh, so everybody, everybody out there, go check out Scattered Comics. If you want to get a comic book made, go check out Scattered, Scattered Studios. Uh, you know, donate to all your, all your artists that he's pushing there. And, uh, yeah. yes, let's, let's support indie comics because there's some good stuff out there that needs, needs our eyeballs to continue to exist. Not everything can be Spider-Man or a nine part, uh, sequel, you know, or, or a reboot of the, D, a reboot of the DC universe. Um, Again. <laughs> yeah, again. So in the meantime, everybody, uh, Jason, again, thank you, guys. You can catch us at GeekishCast.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GeekishCast. I tweet from at the GeekishCast. I am on Instagram, but I don't really know how it works. It's often just like a picture of my shoe or one of my dogs. So, you know, there you have it. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of all it is. All right, everybody, we will catch you next time. Geekish Cast is a Vias and Victor production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zaius. Check them out at reignofzaius.net.